Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Hey, do you think it would be cool to discover a long lost relative? Check this out. Two sisters who didn't know each other even existed finally found each other after more than 50 years. Hmm. Diane was looking for her birth parents and discovered, I have a sister. (laughs) Both Diane and Mary are in their 50s. They're three years apart in age. They were both born in Michigan to the same mom, raised by different families. And they just finally met for the first time. Diane now lives in England, and she is thrilled. It was a godsend. I think it was what was meant to be. It's so funny. My heart just feels so excited. It was fantastic. Hmm. They said they both feel like they won the lottery. And because one is in the States and one's in in England, Mm -hmm. they just FaceTime all the time. They wish they lived closer because they're so much alike and they love each other so much. How sweet is that? Yeah, isn't that awesome? I don't think I would like to discover long lost relatives. I'm just afraid they want money or... Something weird. Oh, no. We did. We thought that when my grandma found us because my mom was adopted. And what did your dad think? My dad thought she needed she wanted, money. Wanted money. And she right. did not. She Why? just wanted a relationship with us, not a mm. penny. And it was awesome. I don't know. She's I'd now be, in heaven. That's why I'm saying be, was. I would be very leery. Very leery. Man, you work so hard to try to keep your kids safe, right? Well, coming up, this is sending kids to the ER like never before. Are you always trying to keep your kids safe? Of course you are, right? Well, this is sending kids to the ER like never before. Do you want to take a guess what it is, Kev? Hmm. They they are falling because they're walking and looking at their phones at the same time. Ooh, that is a good guess. I was going to give you the hint that it's technology related, so that wouldn't help you. It is button batteries swallowing them. You know, you find them in remotes, toys, key fobs, and more. Why are they swallowing them? Because they're everywhere, and they're little and tiny and look like, you know, little pieces of candy, I guess. They're silver, though, so they're not colored. But, uh, yeah, the rate of children's battery-related emergency room visits more than doubled in the last 10 years. These um, button batteries were swallowed, or kids put them in their mouth, nose, and ears. Those little lithium batteries can burn a hole through tissue, mm. so they're super dangerous, and you need me- medical attention right away. And they say, if you've got these little batteries like in your remote or in you know all your technology, you need to put it up just like you put your laundry detergent and chemicals. Mm. You need to keep it up away from the little ones. So whether you got kids or grandkids, that's a big heads up for you. Yeah. Have you ever had to rush to the ER because your kids swallowed something or put something somewhere that it didn't go? Mm. Uh, we had a couple of near misses in our family growing up, but we'd love to hear your story. Hey, Tiffany, we're swapping stories about the ER. Have you paid a visit there recently? So um, you're driving down the highway and my daughter was in the backseat of her car seat and um, she was just singing along and I hear her sing, knick-knack, patty-whack, got a tic-tac up my nose, this old man came rolling on. <laughs> Tic-tac up the nose. My twin sister did the same thing. Did you, were you able to get it out? No, we weren't able to get it out. I looked at I looked in the rearview mirror, and I could see her eyes were watering. <gasps> and I said, what's the matter? She's like, nothing. And I feel like she stuck the tic-tac up her nose. Couldn't get it to blow out. So we ended up having to go to the hospital. <gasps> and they tried to go up there with, like, a long tweezers. They weren't getting it out. And finally, she was able to blow it out. It was just, like, this tiny little sliver left. Because <laughs> it was dissolving 
mintiness was going into her nose. <laughs> so have you ever had to rush to the ER? Believe it or not, I did not go to the ER until this past April. First time in my life. Never as a in kid. In the emergency room. Never as a kid. But we had some crazy stuff happen. Like one time my sister Sarah, she's a teenager on the riding mower. She ran over a rope swing with the mower. It got caught around, spun around, and hung the mower up in the tree. She got knocked off. No ER visit. But that my poor dad. Uh, Dad, I need you to come out in the backyard and see what happened. And then my mom was so determined never to go to the ER and spend all that money that on two different occasions, both of she's I'm I was the third daughter, and then she tried one more time for a boy and got twin girls. So both of these twin girls at one point or the other had one had a tic tac and one had a little rock stuck up in their nose. Mm-hmm. She um still there to this day. <laughs> she she got it out with a straw. Oh, she didn't let it go into her mouth. Oh, but she used the power of suction. Oh, <laughs> there was wow. no ER visit necessary. That is my mom. She could have survived as a pioneer woman for sure. You know how on on just about every street, every cul de sac, or every subdivision, there's quote that family. Mm-hmm. Do you think you guys were that family? <laughs> um, <laughs> in some ways, I think that could have been true. I didn't know it at the time. People, you'd ask, hey, can can Janie come over and play at my house? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> People with a lawnmower hanging from the tree, running. Nah. <laughs> you guys can play here. That's fine. Right. Have you traveled in the last couple of years and stayed at a hotel? You may have been told at check-in that, hey, your room's not going to be cleaned at all or maybe every 30, third day. They say it's like a COVID protocol to keep people out of your room and keep germs out of your room. Well, hmm. that has meant relief for guests who don't like staff coming into their rooms and frustration for people like me who love the idea of someone else making oh, the yeah, bed for a change. Home to your bed, <laughs> It's the awesome. best part of a hotel room. Well, you can imagine that's impacting jobs. So a union of housekeepers is asking hotel guests, please request that your room is cleaned every day. Why? Well, first, of course, for the sake of job security. Mm-hmm. And get this, think about being a maid. When you have to wait three to five days to clean a room, it is a lot tougher yeah. to clean. Yeah, it's no a kidding. mess. Ooh. So they'd rather touch it up every day while you're there. <laughs> the the inside scoop on the hospitality industry. Coming up, this will bring a new meaning to the part of the song that says, you better watch out. This will bring new meaning to the part of the song that says, you better watch out. Even though it's the season to be jolly, it's also the season to be careful. About a third of Americans have injuries related to Christmas. That just seems so high to me. Now, the top way we get hurt at Christmas time, when we're wrapping gifts. I guess maybe cutting our finger on the little thing that breaks the tape off or not looking when we're using the scissors. Uh, We slip or trip putting up lights. We have cooking injuries, burned by a candle, tripping over a Christmas decoration and more. Thankfully, only 3% of injuries are from people putting up decorations on their roof. We went driving around last weekend thinking like, okay, on, it was Saturday night. And we went to specifically, let's take a ride and, and look at Christmas lights. As we thought, everybody, Saturday, they all have them up. You know, in the dark, we saw people on ladders putting their lights up. Oh, man. And we were wondering, if, if you do that, maybe you can give us a call. Uh, we were wondering, do people 
like to put their lights up in the dark so they can see what it's going to look Probably. like. Is that why yeah. you're doing it? Because it would wow. not one, but two people up on ladders in the dark putting oh. their putting their lights up. So if if that's you, call and tell us, was this just because you ran out of time or do you do that on purpose? So we, we'd love to hear from you if you're one of those people that put your lights up in the dark. I would have thought it was just a one-off thing if we would have just seen one person doing it, but two people up on ladders putting their lights up in the dark last weekend. D- do you do that, and is it on purpose? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. Hey! Oh my gosh, we got through! Hey! Hey! Say hi, guys! Hi! Hello. Hey. hi. Are you guys uh, those people that put your lights up in the dark? Unfortunately, we are. This year we are. Normally we don't, <laughs> but this year we've been so busy and we had no time to do it. And my kids are like, hey, mom, across the street our neighbors are putting the lights up and it was dark. And I'm like, you know... Why don't we just do it? So we had the time. So we put up our lights in the dark. <laughs> no kidding. And and no one got hurt. Everything was good. Yeah, everything was fine. Everything was great. So Did you feel like it was easier to see what it was going to look like because it was already dark? Um, yeah, I think it helped. I think it helped. Do you guys think it helped? No. No. <laughs> we would have rather been watching Elf, Mom. They're always going to make a liar of you. <laughs> That's right. We were talking about people putting up their Christmas lights in the dark, and that one mom called in and said they just ran out of time. Yeah. <laughs> so they went ahead and did it. Tis the season. Um, never done that, but I-, I hope sharing this story might encourage you a little bit if things are really, really tight this year. Um, never put up Christmas lights in the dark, but one year, um, man, we were so broke. We had uh, we had put Christmas presents for Kyle on layaway, it was just me and Tracy and Kyle at the time. You know, we have four kids now, but at the time, Kyle was really little. And we put presents for him other than Santa. We had put Christmas presents on layaway for him because we, we didn't want to have credit cards. And we just couldn't afford it. Um, and we also couldn't afford a Christmas tree. So on, I told my wife, I said, we're going to have a tree. We're just going to wait till Christmas Eve when they're really, really cheap. And we went, I went to a shell station, a gas station where they had like three or four just like Charlie Brown trees left. And they were $5. And I went in and I said to the guy, hey, any, any chance? Because, you know, in like two or three hours, these things are worthless. Can I Can I just have one? Because we were broke. I mean, we were like, yeah. $5 is a lot of money. And he's like, sorry, dude, five bucks. So I bought the $5 Christmas tree and went home. And it was dark by then. And the, it wouldn't fit in our tree stand. So oh, I yeah. was out in the, we lived in an apartment complex. I'm out in the little front yard of the apartment complex didn't have any tools, and I'm trying to cut the bottom branch off with a steak knife. <laughs> no. Oh, man. <laughs> and I did it. Good job. I did it. And our $5 tree fit, and it was absolutely beautiful, and it's a Aww. great Christmas memory of, of just, you know, when you're first starting out or when times yeah. are tough, you do what you got to do to make things work. And we and we did, and we got it done, and man, I can I can still see that tree in my in my head. And is our tree now more spectacular and full of more ornaments and and more aesthetically pleasing? Absolutely. But I'm going to remember the other tree for my entire life because it was just so special. Hey, guess what? If you do this, it might make your kids smarter. Keep that bedtime story routine going for several more years than you would think you need to. Hmm. Here's the deal. Okay, reading to little ones bonds them to mom and dad, boosts their language and literacy skills. It's just a part of having kids, right? Is the okay. bedtime story time? Well, get this. Reading to 6 to 12-year-olds can boost their intelligence. These kids also develop a bigger vocabulary and have a broader knowledge of the world around them, according to brand new research. So 
don't just stop that bedtime story because your kids are like, Mom, I'm big now. Just <laughs> keep on reading to your kids up until age 12 at least. Here's a pro tip. We had four kids. Um, have them read some of the story with you. Like have them read. You read a page. They read a page. Um, and get them involved in telling the story. Coming up, is Christmas Day relaxing for you, or does it create some stress in your life? Is Christmas Day super relaxing for you, or does it create some stress in your life? Hmm. How could celebrating the birth of Jesus be stressful, right? (laughs) Well, it's the family stuff, and when you're the one responsible for the meal, that causes the most stress. According to a recent survey, those were some of the stressors that made up uh, the top 10. Worrying that Santa might wake your kids up. Making mm. sure no gifts get lost in the mountains of crumbled wrapping paper. <laughs> um, and all the top five stressors on Christmas Day have to do with the dinner. Getting the timing right, realizing you overcook something, and more. So maybe, maybe we should all just... Uh, Eat pizza on Christmas. <laughs> they had to have asked only moms because for a dad, putting all that stuff together, that can be really stressful. Like if you have, mm. you know, some assembly required, yes. especially if it's somebody like me who pff, instructions, I don't need those. Yeah, it two, is. Two hours later. Anyone see those instructions? <laughs> it is a bummer when Santa's elves get so busy, they got to meet quota on number of toys. So they make you put them together. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Some assembly required tough on the parents. Um, oh, have you ever done this one? Um, they need batteries and you don't have the batteries. Oh, hey, nobody open on Christmas Day. Ah, oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> Poor kids waited all that time for presents and then can't play with them because you don't have the right batteries or whatever. But Ugh. yeah, it, it really, those are very small compared to what's on mom's shoulders. Yes. Yeah. It, it's all on her. Everything is on mom because everybody else, as soon as the chaos of opening all the presents is done, everyone else just kind of collapses and mm-hmm. might even, my kids have been known to crawl back in bed. Oh my. Meanwhile, work for <laughs> Tracy is just begin. As a matter of fact, she usually gets something going while we're opening presents. She'll oh, be like, I hey, well, it, wait, yeah. wait to open for a second. I'm going to get... I don't know, potatoes boiling right. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, while, while we're doing that. And it, yeah, so it is. If you can relate to that, Mom, we would love to hear from you. Is your Christmas Day very different from the rest of your family? Is it, you know, game on? Is it work for you after the, the presents are done? Or like my wife, like during the presents, is it? Do you have to get in the kitchen and start things going? We would love to hear from you, Mom. Can you relate to that idea that Christmas morning starts... A busy, busy, stressful day. Give us a call. Hey, Betsy, it's Kevin and Taylor. So you can relate to the stress of Christmas Day and it's all on mom's shoulders from the wrapping to the stockings to the cooking. Yes, it is. It can be a nightmare, but it doesn't have to be. I wrote a cookbook when my children were little because I missed one Christmas and I said, this is it. I'm not doing this again. So I wrote a cookbook with the premise of keeping mom out of the kitchen on Christmas. And it is filled with recipes of make-ahead things. And it, it talks about, it's all traditional recipes, uh-huh. but it talks about how you can make them up to the last minute in advance and either freeze them or refrigerate them or preserve them until they're ready to go in the oven. No what kidding. A so this is a, a cookbook that, you, that is available? Like people can buy this cookbook? Unfortunately, I had a very short press run. 
like of about 200, and I think I have five left. So you only have five of these books in existence now? Something like that, yeah, not too many. Are you holding on to those for your grandkids? Kind of, yeah, or special friends. I really had a good time with it. My children were three and a half and probably, I don't know, I think the oldest one was three and a half. And you should send that, you've got to send that to a publisher and see if they're not interested in doing another run of it, because that sounds like a genius idea. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Huh. Well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I will print some more. Yeah. Brianna, moms can be overwhelmed on Christmas Day because it seems like, at least in my house, it's totally on Tracy. She does it all. How about you? It's very, very overwhelming and stressful, but I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like Tracy. (laughs) Yes. We, We get up early before 730 in the morning. Let our daughter open presents, and then we go to my grandparents' house and do breakfast every year. And then after we eat, we go straight to my in-laws and have Christmas with them. And then um, we come back, and we have Christmas with my mom's side of the family. So we're running all over the place. and Man, you put you more know, miles just, on your car than Santa does on his sleigh. I know. <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way because, you know, we, lo- we love our family. And, you know, my mom's side of the family, we get so busy throughout the year that we really only get to see them at Christmas. So we try to mm. enjoy the best that we can and, mm-hmm. and know the meaning of Christmas, you know, because, you know, that's, that's what Christmas is all about. It's not about the presents, you know, mm. it's about Jesus. So true. So true. That's such a great reminder, Brianna. Well, thanks for giving us a little peek behind the curtain of your life. It sounds well, crazy. Thank you so much for letting me talk. It is, but, but we love But it. loving, yeah. Yeah, awesome. sounds awesome. Thanks so much. Whether you live far away from your mom or your mom is in heaven, do you miss her cooking? That happened to Pepe Corazal. He moved to London and missed his mother's authentic Italian cooking so much that he created a restaurant called La Mia Mamma, where real <laughs> Italian mothers and grandmothers are recruited from one of Italy's 20 regions. They moved to London for a three-month residency, showcasing their own traditional recipes based on, around their local cuisine before handing over the chef's hat to a new brigade of mamas from a different region. Londoners get to enjoy authentic Italian comfort food from every single region and just... Talking about this, my mouth is watering. Will someone please <laughs> here replicate this idea? Because wouldn't that not be fun? It would. That would. Ugh. We always kid in our house. My mom, for whatever reason, I, I microwaves came out what early eighties when they were ready for consumers. I think, and my mom just went nuts trying to cook everything in the microwave. Ugh. It was always really bad. Ugh. Like scrambled eggs for some reason. For the like, from from Ew. the day she got a microwave Scrambled forward, eggs in the she microwave? Would, yeah, she'd like what? put them in a microwave dish or bowl or something and heat them for like thirty seconds, chop them up a little bit, thirty seconds more, chop them up a little bit more. Ugh. And I remember saying, "Mom, it's probably just as fast in the pan, and they taste way better." No, these are great. <laughs> I used to think I hated Brussels sprouts because my mom microwaved them with orange juice. (laughs) But you roast those babies with a little olive oil and salt and put some balsamic glaze on top when they pop out of the oven. It's like candy. (laughs) They're so good. Watch, I'm going to get home tonight. My microwave is going to go... And it's not going to work anymore. And be like, Mom? <laughs> my mom? Is that you? My mom passed away. I'll teach you to slag my microwave scrambled eggs. 
As a parent, are you concerned about your kids' mental health coming up? The surprising thing that really helps. Are you a mom or dad who's concerned about your kids' mental health? Here's the surprising thing that really helps. Excitement and exploration help kids avoid anxiety, according to brand new research. Yeah, children who spend more time playing adventurously show fewer signs of anxiety and depression. And uh, that includes climbing trees, riding bikes, exploring a wooded area. They're all great. But a key factor is the play has to be away from adult supervision, which you don't hear about. When we were kids... That was just the way it was. It was right. like, Mom, you had a dinner bell, right? Mom, yeah, she had um, a bell on the porch because we were always, you know, yeah. like two or three houses away playing in the woods or whatever. And we could hear that bell wherever mm-hmm. we were. I just knew what time I had to be home. But we would be out. We would go before dinner, then go home and eat, do the dishes because we always had to do our chores. And then we go back out and we play like Ghost in the Graveyard and mm. all kinds of games in the dark yeah. outside in the well, summer. I will admit too now, uh, <laughs> my mom's no longer with us, so I can admit to this now. There's occasionally she would ring the bell and we would pretend that we couldn't hear it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing hide and go seek, right? And mm-hmm. and and you're you got a good spot, and they are not mess finding you. And then there's that bell. You're like, real mom. <laughs> I can feel it like right now how I felt hearing that bell. <laughs> it's the bushes right in front of my friend Sean's house. No one would look there for some reason. It was ah. the best. So I know that your children are perfect little angels, but what would you do if your perfect little angel got in trouble at school and you get the dreaded call from the teacher? Uh, yes, um, Mrs. Jones, little Johnny was, he was putting Elmer's glue in the pencil sharpener again. <laughs> what, what do you do? When you get that kind of call or or something else, experts are saying you should play dumb when your child comes home about the whole thing. Tell you what they mean and why I think they're on to something next. So they're saying when your kids are, especially when they're little and they get in trouble at school, the way that you handle it is going to be crucial to how they interact with you in years to come. And what they're saying is if you get a call from the teacher saying, you know, little Johnny was doing something wrong, I don't know, something Something minor, but in a kid's world, they're in deep, deep trouble, right? When you get that call, when your child comes home, instead of saying, I got a call from your teacher today, you say something like, hey, how was your day? What went on? Anything big? And just kind of play dumb. Uh-huh. And number one, you're hoping that they'll tell you about it. But if they don't, then proceed to, well, I got a call from your teacher and they said, you had, you had a little problem. You want to talk about it? And give them the opportunity to tell you about what happened. And the important thing that you're doing is you're creating an environment where your kid's going to learn to trust you. Ah. That they don't have to hide things from you. Mm-hmm. Because when they get older and the stakes are higher and things are a lot more serious, you don't want them hiding stuff from you. You want them to, you want them to feel safe yeah. telling you exactly what happened, knowing that, A, you're going to love them no matter what. B, yeah, there's going to be consequences for their behavior, but that it's not you're not going to be go off the handle and lose it every time something happens at school. And I know as a parent, we have four kids. It's hard because you're a little embarrassed when your kid does. You get a call from the teacher. You're like, you do know he comes from a good home, right? (laughs) (laughs) You do know we discipline every day. You do know we have boundaries. You do know he knows better. I keep saying he. My son Kyle's probably like, why are you singling me out? (laughs) She knows better. There, I brought my three daughters in. It won't happen again. And uh, I, I think my wife handled a situation like that really, really well. Got a call home 
from school, and it was from the principal. Your daughter got in a fight over a jacket. You need to come in. That's all the information that she Mm. had. I'll tell you how that played out next. We're talking about when you get the dreaded call home from school and your kid's in trouble, how do you handle it? And uh, maybe you can learn from the way my wife handled uh, a phone call home. It was when our daughters were in middle school, and the call, it was a message. Your daughter got in a fight over a jacket. Can you please come to school? Yikes. So Tracy very calmly went to school and found out what was going on rather than being like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she did this. Here's the deal. Um, My daughter had a jean jacket that Tracy had sewn a Beatles patch on. She really loved the music of the Beatles. So she sewed a, a Beatles patch on the back of it. Autumn lent it to Amber. Amber left it in her class. Amber's her sister left it in a classroom. Another girl took the jacket and was wearing it. Autumn went up to her and said, that's my jacket. No, it's not. It's mine. My mom sewed that on the back of the jacket. It's mine. No, it's mine. This goes on all day. The girl's getting on the bus with the jacket. So Autumn follows her on the bus. Give me my jacket. It's not your jacket. It's mine. That's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. Back and forth. The administrator comes on. Fine. Both of you come to my office now. Uh-oh. So. Man. Yeah. So Tracy went up thinking like, okay, what's going on? And then found out that no, this this kid was trying to steal mm-hmm. her jacket. Yeah. It wasn't her jacket. She's like, I, that's the patch I sewed on it. That is not her jacket. And the other parents, I wish I could say, were mortified at their kid's behavior, but they were just like, oh, well. Oh, and didn't really do anything about it. Yeah. But I was really proud of how Tracy handled it. She didn't go off the handle or mm-hmm. anything. Um, and, you know, she said next time, maybe talk to the, get a teacher yeah. instead of trying to handle it yourself. Exactly. But I think she went in, I'm going to pr- A, protect my little sister mode and B, that's my jacket mode. Right. <laughs> Give it back. Uh, um, but the crazy. big, the bigger picture though is that Tracy went up there very calmly, knowing, okay, my kid is not the type of kid that's going to get in a fight over anything, much less a jacket. What's yeah. really happening here? So she got more information, and then everything got sorted out. 